0: I'll be too nervous too. I'll probably be lost for words.
1: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Lost of Words podcast. A little bit of an emergency pod uh, based on today's announcement of the I don't know what to call it anymore, mergers of the PJ Tour, DP World Tour, and the PIF. Um, I'm joined by Alex Perry of Bunkered. Uh, Not a bad way, Alex, to start your week at a new job. (laughs)
0: Uh, You're probably about the 500th person that said that to me today. It's very true. My first uh, first week in a new job and perhaps the most, well, I mean, probably the most seismic news in golf, since live golf was actually became a thing, I suppose. Is this a bigger
1: announcement than live in the first place?
0: Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think if 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 this had happened two years ago, it's like it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, you know, when you think back to things like, imagine if uh Miliband, Ed Miliband had won the election, <laughs> or imagine if Brexit hadn't happened, just like where we would be as a country now. And I don't want to go into politics, but no. yeah, you know, this there's a lot of politics involved. Yeah, in, of course. In, the Saudi Arabia stuff so it's just like imagine if this had just happened three years ago like where we would be in terms of golf or where the golf world would be right now Um, it feels like the last two years have just been completely wasted just bickering and I mean it's sort of if uh, there was chat many moons ago like before COVID say that this was all going to happen So why didn't it just happen Uh, then? Why is it why is it happening now? There's there's obviously answers that need to be sorry. There's obviously questions that need to be answered, and only Mr. Monahan and co can answer them.
1: Yeah, like I think it was 2018. This was first brought to their attention that they could have basically a billion dollars of investment from from the PIF or PIF, whatever you want to call it.
0: I think um, that is the most important thing, isn't it? Like yeah. a lot of people are saying that this is a PGA Tour, DP World Tour, Live Golf merger, and it's not that at all. No. It's, it sounds like Live Golf is golf- as Rory McIlroy called it dead in the water. Yeah, Greg Norman's not involved. His name hasn't been mentioned, other than people saying he's not involved. And it seems to me, or it seems to everyone involved, that this is a this is a PIS thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Monahan told the Financial Times today, Tuesday as we're recording, that he met Yasir Al Rumayan and uh, it took him ten minutes to begin trusting him. And I just thought, well of course it did. Like, <laughs> he's literally waving billions of dollars under your nose. We'd all trust someone for that amount of money. Like what I don't I sure we're gonna come to this at some point later, but I just my initial thoughts I don't really know how Jay Monaghan survives this. And I think that generally seems to be what's coming from some, some Mm of the the, the rumblings coming from the PGA tour players. That seems to be the case. How much power,
1: Alex, maybe you you know this better than I do. How much power would the players have in this position? Like, can they
0: force him to leave? Uh, Well, I don't, well, first of all, I don't think I would know anything more than you would on that (laughs) or anyone. Um, (sighs) It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because what can someone like Rory McIlroy do, really? Like, can he just, obviously, you know, back in the day we had this whole thing where the the PJ Tour was created by the players. Yeah. Um, so, you know, short of them threatening to break away and create their own tour, I don't really know what they do. There is, of course, a situation that could arise where there is so much pressure from the players. Because let's not forget, without the players, there's no tour. There could be a situation that arises where there's so much pressure from the players that the board of this new merger, which still doesn't have a name yet, so we'll, yeah. just, call, we'll just call it the merger hereafter, uh, they they could be forced to, to push Monaghan, maybe Pelly out as well. Because this is a huge... He's no better, right? Pelly's no better. Also, it's like it's honestly, I've I've I'm stumbling over my sentences because I've spent most of today, as has everyone in the golf industry, with my head in my hands, and trying to get some make some sort of sense of what has happened because it's unbelievable. I cannot honestly. I literally, I said to you that off air just before we started recording that I had just gone out for a walk beforehand and I was and I never normally look at my phone when I'm going out for a bit of fresh air I try and have a bit of a screen break and something just made like a muscle memory or something just made me pull my phone out of my pocket and it was blowing up I was, and I was just like I practically sprinted back to my house and back to my computer I mean I was only two or three minutes away but it's honestly I, I don't know how it's how it is for you guys but honestly like it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I've been trying to... I've been speaking to who are, who are golf fans, and then obviously you have us in this middle ground where we are part of the golf media, and they're saying, well, what do you know? Did you know anything about this? No, of course I didn't. If Rory McIlroy didn't know, you think <laughs> yeah, I knew? Yeah. Sitting here in my bedroom in South Yorkshire. Of course I didn't.
1: <laughs> no. No, I mean, I I've spoke to a couple of people at a DP World Tour today, they didn't know. So... And judging by the player reactions from the PJ Tour, like if they don't know, then then who is going to know, right? And I think, I think the biggest thing, Alex, like you said, there is what does it mean? Like, what does, what does this merger mean? Because the investment could have happened in 2018. It feels worse that we've had this split of two tours just to get the result we could have had five years ago. Was Jay Monahan trying to, trying to get more money out of them? Like, what was he trying to do? Was he posturing just to kind of go, well, name your price, and then I'm going to make you. I'm going to charge you even more. It's a really weird thing. And then and then he's lit Rory just take... like cause I, I go backwards and forwards on whether I agree with what Rory says and when I don't. Sometimes I think he goes a little bit too far, too personal on people. I think sometimes he's a little bit hypocritical from some of the decisions and financial decisions he's made in the past, right? And I'll never back down from those points of view. Ultimately, I respect Rory a lot as a player and as a person. If he genuinely didn't know this was happening then it's, I don't know how he comes back. Like I don't know how he plays tomorrow or Thursday, whatever. Like I don't know how he plays next week. Like How does he react to that? I, I don't know because he's literally been strung along for six, eight, 12 months, basically so Jay Monaghan can hide in peace.
0: I think if I'm Rory McIlroy, I'm asking for a green jacket in return <laughs> for, for my silence or my... Or for... <laughs> my uh for me to be on your side. Uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like I uh, there's it's been a bit strange with Rory, hasn't it? Because the last few days, certainly the last couple of weeks when he you know, he's gone from being like can't stop talking about live golf. Every single question he answers in full detail, he, you know, there was from the beginning with the dead in the water quote to his lengthy monologue at the players' championship this year. And then suddenly he's gone very quiet on it. Suddenly he doesn't want to talk about it. And he's 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 hidden behind uh, the notion that he's said everything he needs to say. Yeah. And perhaps he's even a little bit bored of it. But I think that perhaps suggests that he did know. Phil Mickelson, of course, said at the PGA Championship, I know things that you don't know. That could, of course, have been him posturing. Yeah, place. but... Would you be surprised if he was just saying that just to stir up a bit of controversy in the build-up to the PGA Championship? That could have easily just been him doing that, and then he's just completely lucked out. I just... My biggest shock with it all, whether it's from a player's perspective or from uh, the board's perspective uh, and from journalism perspective, is how has this been kept under wraps? Well, it's, it's wild. It's, it's the biggest news. Well, honestly... In in my lifetime, I can't think of a bigger piece of news in golf. Like I can't like the Live Golf creation was, and as we said at the top of the podcast, I think this is bigger.
1: I guess there's been like individual stories, maybe with Tiger and things like that. Exactly, that's about it. How is how
0: yeah for the sport as a you know as a whole how is this state under wraps? Like, I just don't understand it as but, well.
1: But it also makes you think like, cause all these leaks that used to come out of who was going to go to live, who wasn't, how quickly, you know, parts of the media got hold of those stories and things like that. And this has just gone. It's completely surprised everybody right down to Greg Norman, by the way, who's, who seems <clears> to <throat> basically be gone. Like, I think he was gone yep. about six months ago quite quietly anyway, but like,
0: he, well, Al, Al Ramayan said, "Yeah, I, he was asked when you know what Greg Norman's thoughts were, and he said oh, he I said, two minutes ago. I, just, I just rang him and told yeah. him a minute ago.
1: Like <laughs> this, it's absolutely outrageous that he only just knows now. Um, I
0: wonder, if, I wonder if Pelly got the same treatment, you know? I wonder if the only people in the whole world that knew about this were Al Ramayan it. and Monaghan. Yeah, it
1: doesn't. I think with Pelly, I, with Keith Pelly, I don't think that." he is adverse to criticism. I think there's got to be some from his part because I think he probably had the same similar offer given to him two or three years ago. I think he did have it and decided to take what they call a strategic alliance with the PJ Tour to fight against this, right? And that really severely impacted the DP World Tour financially, uh, from players-wise. He had to sit there and ban and fine, you know, DP World Tour legends, ban them from future Ryder Cup captaincies, and that's going to be the next involvement. And look, like, I think people like Sergio Garcia and Phil Mickerson and people like that have tarnished their own reputations. Like I don't think they needed anyone else to do it for them. They've come out and said what they've said. They've behaved how they wanted to behave, right? And you can't force someone to behave like that. But when Sergio sits there and he's been kind of blasted for, for making the move and taking the money and then been banned from future, you know, he's a certainty to be a Ryder Cup captain, probably could have been on the team this year. Stenson's been had this, uh, the captaincy stripped from him. We all know or I think a lot of people that will be listening will know of the financial difficulties that Stenson's had in the past with losing a lot to um you know schemes and stuff so I think there's been a lot of a lot of things that someone like Keith Paddy can't take back from those players, and I just wonder how like it's kind of now put in oh it's going to be a real win because PJ tour dV tour and p i f come together i'm going to create a super tour and everyone can go back to what they were doing before, and we'll just give you a billion pounds. <laughs> It's not going to be that simple. Like, there's so many bridges to be burnt, and there's 200 upset PJ Tour players at the moment that don't have any clue what was going on, including Roy McIlroy, it seems. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how you repair that, and when. What is the timeline for repairing that as well? I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how they repair that between board level and player level. Uh, that's that's going to be the the next interesting thing. Is it? I mean, at the time of recording. So what what time is it where at the Canadian Open? So they I think they said four p.m. There was going to be yeah, a play. Yeah, they're, they're in so that's passing, right. Yes, that's the, yeah. That's pretty much now at the time of recording, which is sort of half past nine on Tuesday evening. Um, I mean, I, I I was at the Masters, and every single player got asked about the relationship, what it was like being down there with all the Live Golfers there, uh, and the Live Golfers were asked the same question, and apart from Sergio, who got a bit upset about being asked a question, all of them just shrugged their shoulders and went, Don't yeah, care. McCauley McElroy said, Me and Brooks Kepka are really good mates. Like, we hang out all the time. We always have done. Like, nothing. Like, he lives around the corner from me. Nothing's changed. Like, it doesn't matter who we play, who we play which league or which tour we play on. Uh, so, from a player's perspective, I don't, you know, apart from perhaps the rank and file players who are now. Going to see their PJ Tour careers potentially jeopardized by this, by all the others coming back. Yeah. But then realistically, how many actually is that? I mean, when you think about it, is, is it really that many players? You're talking so I about think, I think Gooch it's... and Mickelson and Kepka and DJ and DeChambeau. and Smith. Yeah, like I think it's. Smith, yeah.
1: I think you got the likes of. So I think on one hand, you've got these exciting players coming back in the sense of Brooks, Kepka. Neiman, Smith, DeChambeau have all got plenty to offer the PGA Tour going forward. You've got the kind of nearly runs in on the PGA Tour like your Harold Vanders and your Sebastian Munoz etc that whatever Abraham answer that they, if they never came back it wouldn't be an issue. But I think it's the I think it's the elder statesman for the DP World Tour of the, the Sergios the Westwoods, the the, the Casey's, the Poulters, etc., who, despite their waning form and, and status in world golf, were still probably the biggest pools on the DP World Tour before moving over there. I don't know what happens to them. like Because I, I just don't, I just don't, I think they've burnt so many bridges between them. Like they they were very clear that, like, you know, if I have to give up ride a Cup, you know, Captain C for money, then I will. And I almost, look, I've always had a bit of a stance and live in the sense of like i think players of that age and that kind of part of their career should probably just take the money and i kind of respect the fact that they went you know what yeah i know what this means i'm gonna to have to do it um i've kind yeah. of respected that but i don't know now how we welcome the back with open open arms after. like i would i don't really care like i didn't want to lose <laughs> five or six captains that we had yeah. in the pipeline but like for the people that are really in love with the pg and dp world tour that we really hurt when they they're leaving. Like I don't know how that's accepted on a on a macro level. I guess.
0: Well, yeah, that's the that's the killer question, isn't it? Um, I mean, what does this mean for the Ryder Cup? Can it's it's absolutely bizarre. <laughs> Henrik Stenson was the captain, and now we're in a position where he actually could could play in yeah. September, which is just the most bizarre circle to like coming full circle back to there is just absolutely like it's like even just as you say on a macro level just getting your head around something as small as that is just absolutely unbelievable I mean presumably they're all eligible to play in Rome now and
1: well but that's what I don't get because like they're almost talking so you mentioned your article that like what is the future of Liv like will that be the end of that and I think there was a small snippet maybe something that came out after that that suggested that Liv is going to continue for the rest of the 2023 season like that they're going to play that season out Okay. Um I'm sure I read that and don't quote me on it because I don't know where it was, but like I just flicking through Twitter. So if that's the case, they've got to finish that. Then they're probably gonna they're gonna be ready for the Ryder Cup. I don't know who I don't know necessarily that anyone in Europe was gonna make that team anyway, even if they were eligible, like they weren't playing well enough even in the limited start I think
0: team. look I I said this a few weeks ago uh on another podcast that if you're Luke Donald you tell me that Luke Don- Donald wouldn't have Sergio Garcia on a team. This, so, this so he, he's the but one. Luke Donald, first of all, Sergio is actually playing okay this year. Yeah. Second of all, he's the greatest Ryder Cup of all time, bar none. There's no arguments with that. And he is absolutely an asset to the team, regardless of what tour he plays on, how old he is, or anything like that. And I think that the likes of... I, I, I know him and McElroy have had a bit of a back-and-forth because Rory Macaulay's been the the mouthpiece for the PG. This feels like it feel, It all feels like a WWE storyline. It does a little, little would, heel turn it, or something. With it feels like yeah, exactly. Like Macaulay and and Sergio were like a tag team that like. Uh, <laughs> this is one for the older listeners. When the Marty Janetti and Shawn Michaels like the Rockers like separated and he booted him through a uh, glass window and then like it just feels like they're all like it just feels like those two are going to come back together and the whole world's going to love it and Jay Monaghan's then like the the big enemy like the Vince McMahon if you will yeah um but yeah you you look I, whatever's happened between those two jokes aside like Rory Macory would want Sergio Garcia like what? whether he would admit it publicly yeah. or, he would want Sergio that- Garcia on that team
1: so I think you've had someone that's come out in real public support of Sergio in John Rahm, which I was surprised yeah. about because like two or three years ago it felt like they weren't that close, John Rahm and Sergio Garcia. Yeah. Before that Ryder Cup there, like was always he always got linked to Sergio and was always downplaying it a lot. Then they played together at Whistling Straits and they were like best of buddies. And then he came out I can't remember which tournament it was, maybe at the PGA, and he sort of said like, you know, it's gonna be a huge asset having him, like I will miss him, um, wish he could play. So you've got him that is absolutely sort of advocating for him to play you've got Roy McIlroy in public saying I don't want him to play you've got Matthew Fitzpatrick saying I don't want any of them to ever play on the Ryder Cup ever again or ever captain or anything like that but I wonder how much that's said in public because before like Rory McIlroy wasn't he was very like I don't speak to Bruce Kepp I'm not going to miss any of them way yeah. before, and then when the Masters came around, he was like, oh no, we are still friends, and that sort of stuff, so there was definitely, and that's my problem with it, there is a lot of backtracking that goes on in public and private, um, and I just, like you said, I think he probably does want Sergio there, so I guess he's
0: potentially the one Rory. addition, right? All Rory McIlroy, same as Luke Donald, same as everyone else on the team, all they care about is winning the Ryder Cup, Yeah, and and they don't care who is on the team to do that, and now they will, like you said, publicly, Fitzpatrick and McIlroy, etc., are saying, I don't want these guys playing Ryder Cup but those guys want I was, I was going to say a Ryder Cup winner's medal but I don't know I don't know <laughs> what do they get well, apart from the trophy yeah, do they no, play just, I don't know they have to share it but... they, they want they want a W on their Wikipedia page <laughs> um, so if, whether that means having the lived defectors on the team or not, they will absolutely they will want them there. It's as simple as that. Rory McIlroy and Sergio Garcia wouldn't even play together anyway. You you would just you, it would be Sergio and John Rahm playing together all yeah. the time. They wouldn't be paired up. Yeah, it's, uh, Manchester United won the treble with two strikers who couldn't stand each other and didn't talk to each other yeah. on or off the pitch. Yeah. So that's no, it's true. It's, 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 and, you know that's just the. the the first of many examples I can think of of two sports stars on the on the same team who couldn't stand each other. It's just it's not uncommon at all. So yeah, get Sergio in the Ryder Cup. There you go. There's your headline. There you go. So Sergio,
1: the rest of the them, them they uh, can the stay of off. Them, no. um, <laughs> but from the actual official statement, like we don't actually know what the future is, right? Like we, we like you don't know no, anything. Right. We don't know whether it just means investment i I think it basically spells the end of live so anyone that went to live looking i mean no one went (coughs) to live looking for the team aspects of golf but like the people that went to live for the money and didn't care for the pj tour didn't have a home on either tour um they're gonna be the real losers i guess like they've been they've been promised the asian tour status that they drop out of live and things like that like i think about someone like andy ogletree that had no status anywhere Suddenly got on the Asian tour, or went on to Live, got on the Asian Tour, etc. Bounce back between those, like uh, Peter lines played really well on Live, but didn't wasn't playing great on the PGA Tour before. Like, what happens to those guys? Because they they wouldn't have had status coming back.
0: Well, I suppose the door is open for them to come back and work their way back through PGA Tour and and DP World Tour channels. Uh, look, I all I've got. I've, all I've got is the same as you, which is the statement. It was very telling, and that was immediately clear that the you know the term or the word live was not anywhere to be seen, which was the most interesting part of that of that statement. I presume that the investment in the Asian tour is still a thing. Like why would yeah, why would people no, it makes doing sense. that?
1: Yeah, no, um, it's just it's just funny. It just sort of like it, they leverage. Uh, PIFs unparalleled success and track record of unlocking value and bringing innovation and global best practices to businesses and sectors worldwide. So yes, they spend an awful lot of money and throw billions of pounds at all different businesses. Um, but then it sort of says, there is no question that the Live model has been positively transformative for golf. We believe there are opportunities for the game to evolve whilst also maintaining its storied history and tradition. What do they mean by that? I mean, it's not we're not going to have... The cliques, as, as Max Homer was, you know, laughing at earlier and all those sort of things. So, there's not going to be 30 different teams on the PJ Tour all of a sudden. So, surely that team it's, aspect is gone, though.
0: It's a funny one, isn't it? Because I, I remember chatting to someone, and I'm I'm going back years here. I remember just sort of like almost like 19th hole chatter over a pint after yeah. a, after a round of golf with some pals, and we, you know, I, I it must have been. Around a Ryder Cup, but we were sort of saying like golf should have a, a small team aspect to it. You know, pretty much what I, I don't think we came up with what Liv did, but I quite like that team franchise idea. And I, I I don't look, I'm not a businessman. If I was, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here in my <laughs> bedroom talking to you at 10 o'clock at night. I'd be well, we could, we, could,
1: we could be talking about business plans, couldn't we? But <laughs> exactly. it, it,
0: like. I'd be in my mansion talking to you on my gold phone. Um, no, it's no, I, I'm not a businessman. I, I I don't know how that would work, but there is absolutely 100%, and that always has been uh, scope for a, a team element to the PGA Tour. Um, whether that's you know doing it like how we used to do it at school, where you have like X amount of captains and they all pick who they want to play, and then <laughs> you know Paul Casey gets upset because he gets picked last. Um, but yeah, I've yeah. I mean, the the team aspect for me in Live was the one thing that I actually liked about Live, but the one thing which I just think they got massively wrong. Like, I I don't necessarily mean in terms of the franchises. I just meant it was just so hard to follow. It just ended up being incredibly confusing. You were following the. It seemed to me like the the uh, the announcers and the pundits didn't even know what was going on on the team aspect, and it wasn't really until. The round finish that you could just sort of take stock and go, oh, okay, the four aces have won this week. Yeah, or, but that, but the, so the
1: first year they got it really wrong because they drafted players, didn't they? But then all of a sudden, when the now the, the likes of Stenson and Poltronak kind of moved over, they were allowed to just pick their teams. And then all of a sudden, yeah. someone got shoved out. so that went wrong. Like, and I was, I spoke to you, line on this. Like, I was like, how did that work? Like, all of a sudden, you're just on like team smash or whatever it is that you're on, yeah. Then they started talking about their ultimate aim was to be like Team Nike, Team Adidas, Team Callaway, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That, to me, seemed like a good idea. Like, if they could have pulled that off in some way or another, like we've seen it in, it's not quite the same as like Formula 1, but you have two drivers in a in a race car, right? If you could have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's an unlimited amount of teams, right? There's an unlimited amount of manufacturers and sports companies and things that could sponsor it if they wanted to. Like, if you had a PJ Field of 156 players and they were... In a team of I don't know four or six or whatever, and there was that many teams entered, and at the end the team aspects had a FedEx Cup leader. There must be something they can do if they really wanted to do that. I just don't see. They're bit like the PJ Tour is in this position that they're in right now because they couldn't get the sponsorship they needed to avoid this investment. Is how I take it basically.
0: They, I, they've. Cool.
1: So I just think that like if they could have done that, then this team aspect could work, but. It just feels like to me they couldn't attract the money they needed to.
0: I think for me, and you talk about Formula One there, I don't really follow Formula One. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, Don't at me, please. (laughs) <laughs> i like do when you follow formula one do you follow your favorite drivers or do you follow a team and then you just support whichever drivers I, I, are on that team I i've always I taken never it, really understood it
1: i've always taken it as a driver thing like i've always yeah. just assumed that you like lewis hamilton and if he goes from mercedes to whatever he is then i'm not well, I think, a fan of it like i think that's the same thing but and i guess i that's think that's probably...
0: how i feel about the live team event like yeah. i you know i like well i mean out of all the people that went to live brooks kept because the only player that i genuinely really liked um so perhaps um cam smith i suppose but with Kebka it was like well he's my for want of a better phrase he's my favorite golfer that has yeah. gone to live so he's the one i want to win whether it's the individual event or the team event so do i support his team or do i i mean there was one team called talk which is dangerously close to torquey so <laughs> uh, i guess i could have just followed those but I don't really understand how that would work. I mean, I think if you did have a team aspect in the PGA Tour, you would again, you would just follow your players. I mean, you'd have no allegiance. It's not like you grew up with these teams, no, is it? It's like it, like you it's would
1: it's, team. it's not football, and it's not like I think it's like you say. You just you you like your favorite players. People like people like Bryson DeChambeau is very just divisive, but like people will like him and they will support Team Smash or whatever it is. I don't know what team he's on, but like it's it's. Um, yeah, I don't think you can work on a big scale. I just wonder how they're going to do it. Like, are they just going to suddenly have like three or four match play or team events or something just to kind of lean into that? I don't know. Like, it, it, there's so many. There's, there's almost more questions than there is answers at this point. Oh, yeah. um, which is why obviously like we can't go into any definites. We're not trying to answer the world here. We're almost just having a chat and just kind of giving our uh, th- uh, immediate reactions, I guess. Which is why we're sort of going back and forth on it.
0: Who do you think the most is... important question of course being will PGA Tour players now be allowed to wear shorts. They should be able to. Which is just one of the most ludicrous rules yeah. in sport, really so, isn't like, it?
1: I, I think I've had I've had arguments based on Twitter like legitimate arguments people saying to me, like it's classy and I'm like I, don't, I literally don't yeah, care. What like, does that I mean? I don't want people to die from like heat. like like it's just it's just ridiculous. So I think about what situation I would be in if I wanted to wear shorts.
0: When football was first a thing they used to wear well, I guess they were called knickers back then, weren't they? Like <laughs> the long stocking things. Yeah. yeah. No, when they changed to the shorts, I wonder if there was ever like an outcry about whether.
1: Well, what happened when they
0: just stopped wearing plus fours
1: or whatever? Like,
0: forgot. Exactly. Should we? Can we just do an hour talking about players? We Yeah, I mean,
1: like, I've got enough sort of like thoughts on it. I guess when you've got people like Phil Mickelson that you know have just got scary old legs, like I guess that's that's the yeah. argument against it. But.
0: Um, One of my um, most successful tweets last year was. A picture of lee westwood in shorts with his socks pulled all the way up and i think i just tweeted something like this is why we don't we don't allow shorts on the pga tour and i got
1: i got an awful lot of shit when i tweeted about ian Poulter wearing black socks with shorts um oh. i'm i'm very much against black socks and shorts and someone was he again like genuinely got annoyed at me because i was like digging out. Again, I was only joking, but it was like a purple polo shirt with black shorts and black socks and
0: Correctly. black shoes. First of all, first of all, if you're wearing shorts, wear ankle socks. Yeah. Like, don't need to see don't... your socks.
1: Yeah. The only
0: people wearing long socks with shorts should be like skater dudes, like pop, <laughs> the pop punk kids.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I Blink One
0: I'm going to see Blink-182 at the end of the year. So am so I actually. To, I'm going to, to dress uh, up like that. So yeah,
1: I'm doing that. And that would be my one excuse to do it. I won't be wearing black socks when I do it though. So, exactly. um, yeah, no, I don't know. Look, we're, we're going into to funny territory here because we're trying to make light of a situation that really is just wild, though. Like, I think for me, the, the biggest takeaway is this is something that pro- this situation could have happened five years ago. It yeah. could have happened three years ago. It could have happened two years ago. It could have happened during COVID to bail them out. Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway. Both Jay Monaghan and Keith Belly, to a certain extent, have had this offer on the table, turned it down, made a massive stance over it. And the one kind of closing one, and hopefully this doesn't bleed into your downtime at ten o'clock, is I like the the nine eleven stuff I think is the is one of the worst things. Yeah. Like Monaghan used that as a vehicle against Liv a lot. And I remember speaking again, this is I only had one person I spoke to about it in terms of players, I spoke to Peter Yuan about it, um and he was kind of giving those um, you know, how could you possibly go over to live when, you know, they were involved in nine eleven? He said, Look, my dad was meant to be on one of those planes. Like he changed his flight mm. the day yeah. the morning of um, and I'm still doing it. So but whatever you think of me because of that, I'm still doing it. So they felt so strongly in their decision that they kind of put it to one side. Then they've used it as a massive vehicle against everybody. He sat there and said you never had to apologise for being a part of the PJ Tour, etc. Well, I was, et just,
0: I was this event last year, Canadian Oprah, yeah. wasn't it? So, like,
1: and, and it's just the way that they've kind of attacked people for that and I, and I get it like I under, like I understand the statement like if I was trying to convince someone not to go to live I would use that because yeah. it is you know it's going to attack the the senses of people and it is an emotive subject but to then do a full 360 one year later is pretty
0: concerning well they they did their little interview together didn't they Al Ramiyan and, and Monahan and Al Rumiyan said, like, I'm paraphrasing him, but he basically said, you know, what we, you and I've been saying, which is, if only we'd had this sit down two years ago, and, <laughs> and this had happened two years ago instead of now, it's just, I, the, the ludicrous thing about all this is by the time we've recorded this, and it's edited, and it's out, all of this could just be out of date, because yeah, so it could, have, come out could have been answered, I mean, yeah. that's how fast it's moving, Yeah. I mean two of my colleagues at Bunker did a podcast earlier with their initial thoughts on it. The podcast, it's just, just it's all just like, it's such a fluid piece of news at the moment that literally we could, I mean, what is it? It's 10 o'clock in the UK now. We could all head to bed in the next hour or so, wake up tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, say, or seven o'clock or whatever. And everything, like, just because of the time differences over in the States, like so much could have happened in that time. I'm actually sort of, Almost looking forward to waking up. Tomorrow. Excited, yeah, to see.
1: I, but I am, I like because
0: it is a massive thing, and it
1: is something that, as people, I mean, I don't consider myself in golf media as such, but I do a podcast and I am involved in it. Like, it is something that we need to talk about. It, you know, one of the things that Liv has been has been a news story for a year now, and the one closing, per, like the one person that's been on that advisory board, um, Jimmy Dunn which we- he was, he was the guy that <laughs> like literally spoke out against players going to live for ages, convince them not to do it, ban people from the Seminole Pro-Am and all of a sudden he's involved. Like you just yep. can't try, like when money, when this much money is involved and these people of power, like Jay Monahan, is ex- essentially just kept himself at the top of the tree, which is what he wanted. Um, I don't know that you can trust much that comes out of their mouths at the moment. And that's definitely
0: how the players feel. Like, this well, morning, like, like you say, Monaghan has got what he wanted, which is his he's got an absolute shedload of money he's kept his position i mean i mean he's essentially him and him and Al I, I don't really know which way round it's going to work but those two guys are undoubtedly the two most powerful men in golf right now
1: Yep.
0: and the pif has got what they want which is a seat at the top table of golf that's all they ever wanted that's all have, they ever have, have they bought golf overall <sighs> do they own it it's really it's really hard to argue against yeah. that point. Yeah. Really hard to argue against that point. And I... The one thing for me... I've got two points I'm going to make. Yeah. One is I've this is the, the Newcastle United factor. And I've had this conversation with friends who are Newcastle fans. I've had this conversation with friends who are not Newcastle fans. And obviously, there's Manchester City as well. And if my team was taken over by a state an oil state with a questionable for want of a better phrase human rights record would i continue to support that team i think i'd find it i I like to think that i would well first of all i definitely would find it very hard i like to think that i probably would which sounds bizarre I like to think that I probably would stop following them in the same way that I do now. I wouldn't, yeah. I don't think I would feel the same way about my football team if they were taken over by what well, anyone really, if they were taken over by a state or, you know, if yeah. Red Bull took them over or like they have been doing with some clubs around Europe. Like I just, I'm not sure how I would feel about that. And I feel like that is what is happening with golf right now. Like, is this going to make a lot of people uh, actually, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pose that as a question. I'm going to pose it as a statement. This will make a lot of people fall out of love with golf.
1: 100, because because a lot of people basically refute. Like as soon as these people deflected to live, they were like, I'm no longer a supporter of that person. I don't want to hear anything about them. I don't care about them. I don't care if they succeed in the majors. When Brooks won, they're not interested because he moved to live, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now they've got like, and and the ultimate thing is like these players now have. have I mean, we didn't even touch on this, and I don't want to get into it now because there's another 15 minutes, but, like, the, the players have made a big stance over not going and have, have given up, you know, in Hideki's situation of $300 Wills and is $130 million, now career-threatening injury. Like, you've got all these people that have made a massive stance, and now all of a sudden, PIF are what they want because they control how you feel and how you act. Unless these players suddenly just all resign from the PGA Tour and potentially have nowhere to play golf... They've got to accept the the money from somewhere that they don't want to.
0: I think that, yeah, first of all, there are players who have turned down, as you say, tens. And in several cases, I think Hideki was like 300 million. He he, he he was was 300 million and Zalatoris
1: was 130 million.
0: Zalatoris was 130. I remember that. Tiger Woods was nearly a billion, apparently. I mean how must those players be feeling right now? I mean, how betrayed would you be feeling that if you were thinking, well, hang on a second, I could have just gone, taken the 300 mil, being be richest beyond the wildest dreams, and then I could have just come back and nothing, like as if nothing but, had happened anyway. But
1: it almost felt like Brooks Kepka was being given that window of opportunity after winning, after finishing second at the Masters and winning the PJ. There was already talk of like, Oh, he's got buyers' remorse or sellers' remorse, yeah. whatever. And if he wants to come back, then you know because he's not really spoken out, we'll, we'll kind of accept him. And oh, he went because he had a slight injury and all sort of, Like people were already making justifications to invite him back. Um,
0: anyone, I mean, could there, have gone gone. there must be, there must. I, I, again, <laughs> I, I don't know the legal ins and outs of this, but I'm just thinking about this on the fly now. What happens to all the contracts? I mean, Dustin Johnson was reported to be on this 120 million pound contract or dollar contract, which was tied him to Live Golf for four or five years, if I recall. Yeah. So, what happens to that? Can you oh, know, there, there's a possibility here that the, the PIF just tear up all their contracts and go, "Sorry, you're not having that 120 mil."
1: Yeah, or they're gonna have to pay off everyone. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. They're gonna have exactly. to pay off everyone that they ordered forty eight people that are under contract, and they're probably gonna have to pay off the Rickies, the Rory's, the Zalatoruses, and all of those that haven't gone. And so, and sort of goes, Sorry, mate, like here's two hundred million for your troubles. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. ridiculous I mean, I know they've got unlimited money, so you know, this is it's a possibility. But yeah, like I don't know from a legal standpoint where I know that already or I've read that already there was a lot of kind of backing out of what they were offered in the first place. Like a lot of their so they were, their caddies were paid for and travel was paid for. And then these started coming out of their like team winning budgets and all this sort of stuff. So there was already loopholes in that sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they very much could just be like, look, live goals not a thing anymore. It's dissolved and you're not getting any money.
0: You wouldn't, like... you wouldn't be surprised either, would you? If it came out tomorrow or next week or the week after or whatever... We're finishing out this season. The players are getting X amount of money, and then their contracts are getting torn up. You wouldn't be surprised in the slightest, would you? No, absolutely not. And then watch, and then watch Mickelson try and brag about almost being a billionaire, which was a weird thing to say anyway. It's
1: a very weird thing when we know his chequered past, and I just, I, I just think back to the time before he was already mental, before Live, where he was. Oh putting his coffee cup in every single interview that he did and all his passing practices and things like that, um, advertising his coffee and doing Himalayan salt in his coffee and all those sort of things. Like, he was doing anything for money. So I do not uh, accept the fact that he had that much money, um, no matter how much he got
0: from Liv or probably hasn't got from Liv yet. Um, And perhaps never will. No. And I guess... The only other thing I would say, I, I do just want to make this point, is that, again, I'm just immensely irritated by this phrase of growing the game. Yeah. The the top level, the PGA Tour, Live Golf, and all the millions and now as we know billions of dollars that fly around at that level of the game, does not grow the game. What grows the game is the people working their asses off day in, day out, at grassroots level, whether it be with regular club members or seniors or juniors, and these people who are the the life and soul of the golf industry. And uh, the top level of the game is such a teeny, tiny percentage of golf. How can it possibly grow the game? How can it possibly be an engine for that? It just isn't. So again, I just, I, I I'm just going to reiterate it. Absolutely hate that phrase.
1: Yeah.
0: But we are going to hear a lot of that in the in yeah, the coming weeks.
1: But he, but even like even before this, Alex, like before it, all this happened, like they were using those terms before, right? Like even before. Well, that's this what I started, mean. Like yeah.
0: they, they they just seem to be just. And again, it's you know you see these buzz phrases that happen, on, yeah. especially in the social media world where these buzz phrases come out like. Again, I don't want to talk about Brexit again, but you yeah, know, Brexit when... means Brexit. Yeah, Brexit, <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah. Brexit means Brexit. Like when all these buzz phrases, but ultimately, what the hell does that actually mean? Nothing. What the hell does grow the game mean at that level? It means absolutely jack shit. Really. Well, my,
1: my my best one is that they somehow managed in that final paragraph of the announcement today, Keith Pelly at his very best once again managed to say that. They also have the opportunity to build on our current strategic alliance partnership with the PGA Tour. The strategic alliance has seen the DP World Tour be absolutely decimated, lose its best ten players every season for the next however long, which you know probably won't happen now. But to your wider point about growing the game, like even at the top level, the best stories come from those people that get through the Monday qualifiers or they come through the Q School, which was reintroduced really this year. Like there's been like two or three winners already through the Q School on the DP World Tour. There's already been people like Dan Brown, just like consistently making cuts, making a living for themselves. Uh, Monday Q, uh info on Twitter, Ryan French has just been, you know, live tweeting and live casting from the Monday qualifiers for US Open. Those are the stories that anyone still cares about. Um, I don't need to know whether Rory McIlroy's won an extra three or four million or, or whatever. Like it's not growing the game. So um, we shall see. I think the important thing is like, I, I understand the concept of sport washing. I understand what people mean by that, but like, if everyone is in agreement that that's what's happening, does it have the same effect? Like I don't. I don't that's probably a too political question for
0: when we're just about to hang up. <laughs> that's, when like... that's quite deep, isn't it? Yeah. I've, no, I completely agree. I mean, the one thing I would say is that it proves that, and what's going on with. Well, I used Newcastle United and Manchester City as, a, as an example in football. It proves that it works. Yeah. Well, the whole you league. Got, you, the like, the whole got, league is taken over. <laughs> You've got Newcastle fans singing one nil to the Saudi boys when they go <laughs> one nil up, presumably. Be a bit weird to, uh, any other scoreline. Um, you've got Manchester City fans wearing the, you know, the Arab yeah. head dresses to the games and things like that. Like it, and, and I think Newcastle fans were doing that as well. And I'm not picking on those sets of fans because I think any set of fans, particularly Premier League, would do the same thing. Um, it's not. It just happens that it's, it's those two. Well, you teams. you, 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 almost you know, if Qatar into... end up buying Manchester United, I'm sure Manchester United fans will do that. So, certainly, a, a, a small element of them will.
1: I think fans buy into it because they're almost just biting back at people, mocking them. Like,
0: if you're if yeah. you're going
1: to mock me for being these, these Saudi backers, I'm just going to buy into it. Like, and that's right, wrong, or whatever. That's what Saudi want. Yep, understand. And back to your point of. How would I feel if Nottingham Forest were taken over by a Saudi owner? I don't know. I mean, I've already got a questionable Greek owner um, who gets <laughs> themselves into trouble every week. So, um, yeah. you know, I think it's unavoidable. I think it's all started 10, or 15 years ago with some of the. It, I,
0: I think, really, on that point, it's going to be really interesting, especially on the, on the sports washing factor, whether or not people will move away from the game. I, I, I still enjoy watching the best players go toe to toe down the stretch on a Sunday.
1: Will it will it stop you being... I mean, look, we've got to be frank about it. Like, it's your job. Like, you're involved mm. in the game of golf. Like, yeah. you can't suddenly not be involved in it. But, like, from a personal standpoint, when it comes to 10 o'clock at night on the weekend when it's time to watch the PJ Tour, is it going to change? Like, it won't change the way I view it because I just already
0: felt it was
1: money-driven and I could kind of block yeah. that out. Um, yeah. will, it, will it change anything for you, do you think?
0: No, I don't think so. I think I'll... <sighs> It, perhaps then um, it might be tainted but, yeah. but I, like, I'll, still be, I, I'll still be tuning in on a Sunday night to watch Rory and JT like, go
1: I think it's like because with football like money directly affects how a team can perform like Newcastle mm-hmm. is suddenly third yeah. best team in the Premier League like th- no matter how much money there is in the world like players still need to be good so I think there's still always the individual form element of a golfer and the excitement of hacking to last 72 holes and people can make all the live jokes they want uh, that might not be a factor anymore like um, it's still the best of best coming through and I don't really care like I don't see when they get that money. I don't see where that money goes when they get paid, I don't see it going into their pension pot for twenty years, or whatever. Like I don't I don't care. So that's never been a factor for me. I get that people are gonna be dead set against the money coming from there. I feel sorry for the golfers that are really against being taking money from that regime, I guess is the way to put it. Um, yeah. And basically having to or not playing anymore. Like I think those are the ones. Like people that genuinely sit there and don't want to accept it, having to accept it, are probably the biggest losers in all this.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I think that ultimately, as a fan, we're going to get the best players in the world playing against each other. We're going to uh, whether it's week in week out on the PGA Tour or or whatever the, the tour is going to be called. <laughs> yeah. Now we haven't even got a name for it. We haven't even got a name for it. Well, that's what I
1: still can't um, work out is if it's going to be, is it going to be one tour or is it going to be. Because they said it's gonna be one company, or like one holding company owning three tours or two tours. Is it gonna it eventually be like, one one world
0: tour? It sort of feels like the obvious way to go is to have this, and and that would be a tremendous kick in the nuts for for Greg Norman. Uh, would be that if they did create <laughs> the this world tour. world tour that he dreamed of, yeah. and it should and it should genuinely be a world tour. Yes, of course you can have. X amount of events in America because that's sort of the main place where they all uh, where all the players are based and all the players want to play. But you've got if if you had say again, I'm just thinking on the fly here. Where if you said right, you've got essentially you've got probably 50 weeks in a year where you can play tournaments. So. 25 of them can be in the US, but then 20, you know, X amount have got to be in South America, X amount yeah. have got to be in Australasia. Is Australasia still a thing? Oceania what, Yeah, I think so. It? I think you're
1: right. Yeah, Australasia. So X
0: amount in Europe, and and then you've got the feeder tours, which are essentially the DP World Tour and 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 Corn Ferry and so on. Um, so I think that that's probably how it's going to go and hopefully that's how it's going to go as well because I think that's probably the best for, for fans all around the world. It's absolutely criminal and Live Golf has proved this in recent weeks. It's absolutely criminal that Australia doesn't have top-level yeah, PGA Tour wild.
1: Like, like every single time a PGA Tour player went over there and played well like an Adam Scott returning to Australia or Harold winning or whatever, like it always created an excitement and I think You know, a lot of it in recent years has been COVID and travel restrictions that people haven't gone to support those events. But it's also just been dwindling. And you can absolutely see why these Australian players had such a non-plus attitude to the PJ Tour. Like they never got anything, anything to look to their Uh homeland or anything like that. They just had to kind of base themselves in Florida or Texas, wherever it was that they did it. Um, And that's what Craig Norman's been against the whole time, right? So um, I think it's a little bit the same with South Africa as well.
0: Uh, well exactly and you could probably argue for the UK as well I mean yeah, really, now, really recently yeah. the Scottish Open has become a PGA Tour sanctioned event uh, obviously you've got the Open yeah. but I think that the reality is uh, your point is absolutely smack on like to us as gold fans does it affect us no like Rory McIlroy getting paid a million dollars to win or two hundred thousand dollars to win doesn't just, affect I just, the way you not care win.
1: like I don't care so, like I know they say oh the pressure's bigger and all those sort of things I I think there was I thought this year that maybe with the elevated events there was an element of players caring a little bit more because it was worth a bit more money but I also think there was a lot of just they were playing against the best golfers, so they cared a little bit more. Like I think that was more yeah. to do with it. So um, no, doesn't mean anything to me really. Um, it just means that we're going to have to have a lot of more human rights discussions and, and all those sort of things. Um, and I guess we'll prepare ourselves for that for the next year or so. I'm already on my fourth podcast of today, so God knows what we're going to get over the next uh, over the next few months.
0: Um, I'm about it's quarter past ten. I'm about ready to put my face in a bowl of uh, ice cold water.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Well. Dream start to a new job as we started at the, at the top there, Alex. <laughs> um, I, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time out. I kind of sent you a message Absolutely. at 8 o'clock at night on a whim hoping that maybe we could have a discussion for 40 minutes. We've already gone about an hour. Um, and I it's, it's I all...
0: Anytime, mate. It's always a pleasure to, to chat to you. Um,
1: but yes, Alex, thank you very much. Good luck in your new role at Bunkard. Uh, really excited to see what you do there. Um, obviously, really enjoyed working with you at the National Club thumb that we did. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon.
0: Brilliant. Cheers, T.